Welcome to Speaking in Spoons, the chronically ill podcast with your host, Christina Brooklyn. Here we're just uh doing an impromptu song for you. Would you like to do it again? Not at all. Because I thought it was entertaining. <laughs> no, well, I'll I'll get the song and put it on the episode. Jesus. That's my favorite way to communicate, you guys. I'm sorry. It's okay. We're both in crazy pain. Uh, so it's appropriate that this episode is about pain. Both Lexi and I were in the ER this week. <laughs> Yeah. We've got our heating pads going. Christina um, went, and then the next day I was like, oh man, maybe I should go. I want to be like Christina. <laughs> uh, it was really bad because I couldn't walk and I couldn't. I have great roommates though, and my aide is wonderful. She she got the ER, and like every time I was getting moved, it's like screaming because it's like giant knives in my back because my lower back went out but then like my cervical spine is all messed up right now my left shoulder so it's just not not good and it gets to that point where you can't breathe you can't talk you can't think um and then you know you get discharged and you're like kind of okay and then you have to take the ride back and then you get wheeled in and like every it the rides make you hurt it's so just much so more. awful um anyway enjoy this anyways. episode on <laughs> <laughs> it's like i don't want to be here forever on the intro oh God. <laughs> we're I, felt like we were getting off track. I felt like we were getting off track we're having another episode within the intro nate is here to keep us on track um so uh, my point is we're doing an episode about pain today. We have some lovely guests, um, uh, Diane Ballou and Crystal Foster, um, who have some uh, experiences, not some, a lot of experiences with chronic pain and acute pain, and have really chosen to take uh, that and serve people and help people. Um, so without much ado... On to our interview discussion phase. Uh, hi, uh, welcome to Speaking in Spoons. Um, today we have Diane Ballou. And, uh, and of course, it's again me, Christina Brookman, your host, and Dr. Strauss. Um, our topic for today is pain, and our guest today, uh, Diane, um, has a lot of personal experience with that, and I uh, wanted to have her share some of that with us today, because um, I thought it would be helpful for people to hear her story, and um, uh, yeah, so Diane, can you introduce yourself and... Uh, tell us why you're here. 
Um, I'm Diane Ballou. I'm from New York, but I live in Virginia now. And I have a long history of pain. Um, I actually don't remember a point in time where pain wasn't part of my life. As a child, I thought everybody had back pain. It's just, I always had it. So I figured everybody had it, but I must be weak or something because it, it's bothering me. So I never told anybody about it. And then when I was in fourth or fifth grade, my knees started swelling and turning red and hurting. And I knew that that was something different, something new, something that wasn't right. So I spoke up about that. And then at that point, um, started seeing doctors, trying to find an answer. I started talking about my back and telling my parents about that. Um, and then when I was in seventh grade, found out that I had a spinal deformity that was causing my pain. We still didn't know why all my other joints hurt, but um, didn't find out about that until a couple of years ago. Um, but uh, I've also had several spinal surgeries. Um, and I would say my worst pain ever was after my last big fusion. The pain was so bad and it just didn't seem like it would ever end. And I, I mean, I was having trouble thinking and staying awake and I couldn't move because it hurt, but I couldn't stay still because it hurt. So yeah. I was writhing in the bed and then I'd have my mom help me to the chair and then back to the bed. And I've always been a pretty optimistic person and love life but the pain was so bad that I was begging the doctors and nurses to kill me and of course they refused which I'm glad of now but yeah um, then I thought through all of this crazy thinking I thought I had a brilliant idea they could put me in an induced coma and of course they denied that too denied that yeah um and uh, I have a past with Buddhism and there was a woman who she was a pastor, but she kind of knew about a lot of different religions and theories and everything um, who worked at the hospital and she came and saw me and uh, she had, I don't remember what, but she had some sort of pain disorder and um, she showed me that she had a fentanyl patch and she told my mom, you need to fight for her you need to see if you can get this for her because this is not she can't go on like this yeah um so i got the fentanyl patch and two days later went home um and of course you can't live on that forever right um, what ended up happening was several months later after trying physical therapy and different um injections and things like that i finally ended up getting a pain pump and it changed my life while I'm still disabled it made me be able to function in my home and um, be able to have relationships and um, go to the store and things like that yeah it's um I'm glad that you brought that up because there's uh you know, right now we're having such a controversy um, and there's been the, the opioid, you know, 
epidemic, but I think there are still people out there, chronic pain patients, and in acute situations too, where opioids and like pain pumps, patches, things like that are necessary. So, um, and this is something I've been struggling with too, is, um, and I'd love to know how this has worked for you uh, with your pain, man you, do you have a pain management doctor with a contract? Yes. Um, and for those of you listening um, that aren't familiar, if you're a, a chronic pain patient, there are pain doctors um, that you will sign a contract with. Um, and they'll usually take your in samples ever so often, scheduled and unscheduled, to make sure that you're following protocol and not abusing the medication. Um, and uh, or taking anything you're not supposed to be taking on, on top of it. And and also that yeah. you have appropriate levels of the medication in your system. Right. You know, you're not selling it or yes. anything like that. Yeah. And uh, it also means it does make it hard because sometimes like I had this problem last week, my pain doctor, I was at the level of pain where they're like, we want to make sure something's not wrong with your spine, go to the ER so they can check it out. So I go to the ER, they check my spine. There's no herniated disc. It's an acute flare up of my chronic pain. Um, but it's also like, the way they the way they take images and stuff, they're not going to see if something is kind of sublux a little and is hitting nerves, you know, or my pelvis is out of alignment um because they didn't image that. And that's a lot. Like if your pelvis is and mine is constantly going out of alignment, it hits nerves and then like it's it take you know, it takes your breath away. And um but then they're like, well, we can't treat you. You have to go home and have your pain doctor do it because there's that conflict of interest, um, uh, which can be frustrating because you're like, I can't, I'm throwing up. I'm defecating myself because I'm in so much pain and it's hitting nerves. Like I need help. But anyways, um, because of the opioid epidemic and uh the realization that there were a lot of lies told by pharmaceutical companies to doctors and abuse going on there um over prescribing and patients and doctors becoming addicted um it has made it difficult for people in chronic pain to have access to opioids and it also doesn't seem like there's really a solution for pain management other than like injections and things like that and not everybody tolerates injections and injections aren't good for every problem so i'd love to know your history with medication like the the whole path of like of that if you have any thoughts on that yeah yeah well when i first started when i i had an injury in my 20s i was doing what I loved. I was working with exotic animals. I was so happy. And then I had an injury and I just wanted a solution. I didn't want medication. I wanted a solution. Yes. Fix me so I can get back to doing what I love. Right. 
unfortunately, even though my you could see on x-rays and MRIs and everything how messed up my back was, um, I was constantly labeled a drug seeker. And it's like, I never once asked for medication. I never once got medication. Nobody ever offered it to me. Uh-huh. So you just that, wanted a solution. I just wanted a solution. It was like, just fix it. I just yeah. want to find somebody to fix it. And luckily I did. And I was able to go and get back to work for a number of years. Um, then it started getting, the pain started slowly coming back. Mm-hmm. And I got a neurostimulator, which basically Ooh, sends... Yeah messages um that interrupt the pain signal so you feel kind of like a vibration um and it was amazing it didn't completely get rid of all the pain but I was able to move to the Caribbean and get a job and you know live a pretty normal life yeah and um when I was back in the states the first winter I was back in the States, I fell on ice and I hit that spot in my back. Yeah. And I had to have a bigger spinal fusion and they had to take the neurostimulator out in order to do it. Oh, and they could, could they put it back in or? They tried. Okay. Back in and there was too much scar tissue. So I didn't feel it in my back at all. And my legs would jump. And it was after trying, that was after the surgery where I was asking to die and everything. Yeah. Um, that that got taken out. Um, but I was, tried several things before getting the pain pump. Um, I tried doing the neurostimulator. I actually tried two different neurostimulators um, and injections and facet blocks and a whole bunch of things to try and fix it because I again I wanted that fix yeah everything to a place where I didn't have to be on medication and everything but it just wasn't able to be repaired yeah and a, a lot of people that I've met online or talked to that deal with chronic pain are not seeking drugs they're actually trying to avoid that like you have said but sometimes in some cases there isn't another answer yet and maybe there will be someday hopefully there will be someday and maybe they'll come up with better medications opposed to narcotics but i my hope with this episode is a that we can reach people in chronic pain who can hear this and, and realize they're not alone but also maybe loved ones and practitioners can hear and listen to us and realize there is a whole community out there that are not drug seekers. They just need help. And we need better research into new plans for how to achieve this, this fix, this solution. Um, Cause like Lexi was talking about last week, we're still very new in science, you know, um, yeah. Some of this is very new. How would you say that pain disrupts your life? Because I know it's different for everybody. So, and and for you, are there different types of pain? And what are those like? You know, because I know I get muscle pain, I get joint pain, I get nerve pain, and um, 
and they're all different. So when people ask me what a 10 is, a 10 for one is different than, so I'd love to hear that from yeah, you. And you're like a, a three or four is, is good for me. Okay. But my 10 is begging to die. So yes. there's, it's a really broad range. Yes. Um, and I have like a constant ache that's always there in my back. Mm -hmm. And then I also have problems with my neck that comes mainly from muscle, but the muscle impinges on the nerve that mm -hmm. runs down my arm. Yes. So I get like nerve pain in my fingers where it feels like I've just put my hand on a hot stove. And if it's really bad, I can't use my arm. And I had to, um, in the spring semester, I had to uh, use my accommodations at school because I had to write a paper and my hand didn't work. Um, it didn't hurt, which was good, um, but it didn't work because um, it goes through a cycle where it hurts, it hurts, it hurts, and then it doesn't hurt anymore, but it can't. Yeah. Um, but I have like aching joints. Um, I have sh really sharp pains in my back that kind of come and go. That ache is always there, but the sharp pain kind of, it travels to different spots and sometimes it's worse than others. Um, and I get pain from my hips that run mainly on my left side that runs all the way down my leg and movement like walking and everything uh -huh. unfortunately okay. i also have pain from my sacroiliac which is mm. basically the middle of your butt yeah um, and it runs around what you think are your hips but like your side and everything right um and that kind of contradicts the hip pain because movement hurts that so it's like or the one thing that helps hip, one yeah yeah um, um i think but, that's the way for a lot of people out there too with some of these complicated and complex and people are like why aren't you moving and you're like well this other thing is preventing that have you uh when you're at your worst pain is there something that works for you that helps you through that pain that you um when it's the absolute worst, I do what I call my escape sleep. Okay. And um, I get in bed and I get as comfortable as possible with propping different parts up with pillows and um, basically just concentrate on my breath. And okay. that's it. Just my breath. Just your breath. Just my breath. Yeah. Nothing else. And um we'll fall asleep we'll wake up again because of the pain and just concentrating on my breath in order to fall back asleep yeah and slowing really, it down like trying to like, like really like deep, deep breathing deep breathing, breathing kind of thing. i've like, noticed like even putting like a sound in my exhale um, okay oh, of, like, like, like a humming like, kind of like, thing or yeah. yeah. Okay. Like different noises and just holding that sound. Yeah. I've um, noticed, Diana, I don't know if um just 
paying attention to my breath while I'm doing that. It gives me something to focus focus on other than the pain. And that it does is that help you like when you're in this concentration of it almost becomes meditative, I guess. Yeah. Nate is such an expert on meditation and I always think I'm horrible yeah. at that. Now I think maybe that's something I do. No, I mean, focusing on the breath, being present, that's, yeah. that's all meditation is. It's not a fancy thing. It's not some stuff. Yeah. You know, you're, just, you're just in the moment. Okay. That's all it is. You're not thinking about the future. You're not worried about the past or worried about, well, what's that? Worried about the future, thinking about the past. Like, you're not doing any of that. You're just thinking about breathing in, breathing out, slowing down. Your body switches to a parasympathetic mode, rest, digest, and it falls asleep. Yeah. I had a massage yesterday and the masseuse was talking about, um, you guys might love this. I'm so excited to try this. Like this woman does bowls and you can fill them with liquid and stuff and the sounds like, and she said she could put them on my chest and different parts of me, like during the massage and the relaxation and like different levels of vibrations and sounds can help with that relaxation and that the pain and all of that. So when I was, when I had my first spinal fusion after that first injury, uh um, some things didn't go according to plan. And I wound up um, with compartment syndrome in my leg and the toxins went to my lung and ended up needing to be on a vent and they had a buddhist monk come and visit me i don't remember this at all i was unconscious yeah for a week week and a half um but my mom was there the whole time and she said whenever he came in and would start doing the like chanting singing type thing um all of my like my blood pressure would come down my respiration she could see it on the monitors that's really cool yeah that's really amazing if you could give any advice to uh loved ones when they have someone with chronic pain in their life what do you think that might be don't judge don't don't judge the person as a failure or um trying to not function in life like people think that you're faking or um that you don't want to work or being lazy or you're lazy and all of that and i would say just don't judge try and understand do some reading, listen to podcasts like this, um, and also listen to your loved one. What they're telling you is their experience. And their experience is valid. Definitely. Yeah. And if, if you could give advice to the medical professionals out there when dealing with people with chronic pain, what would you say? I would basically say the same thing is <laughs> yeah listen and and truly listen to the story mm-hmm. don't make an 
a judgment, like rush judgment on that they're looking for drugs or, you know, listen to the story and listen to what they want. Okay. Like when I was being labeled a drug seeker, if you had listened to me, you would know that I never asked for a medication. Right. If you look through my chart, you would know that I was never given pain medication. If you listened to me, I was doing what I loved and I want to get back to it. Right. Just listen. Yeah. And um, <laughs> this is a similar question, <laughs> but if you could give advice to people out there going and dealing day to day with chronic pain, you know, like you have, what would you say? I would say find something that you enjoy doing, even if it's a sedentary activity. Um, when I was in so much pain, I mean, because you can't always sleep escape. Yeah. You know, there's only so much your body will let you do that. And also you, you want to still partake in life. And um, I started beating because it was something I could just do with my hands. I didn't mm -hmm. have to lift anything or do movement or, um, you know, it was just something so simple with my hands that could take my mind away from the pain for a little bit, you know, and just yeah. kind of make something pretty. And, you know, um, so I'd say find something that you enjoy doing that you can do. Okay. Um, and also find something like meditation or sleep escape or something like that for when it gets really bad. So you know how to calm yourself so that you're not getting panicked. Right. You can really make yourself a lot worse. By panicking. You getting, you know, you tense up all your muscles, which yeah. they start hurting and that'll make your nerves hurt and everything else. Uh -huh. You have to learn how to relax. It's a vicious cycle. Yeah. Right. Is there, um, I, I know this, I'd like you to share with our listeners a little bit, um, how, how much ever you're comfortable sharing, but, um, kind of what you used to do, how pain has changed that and how you're working on your new future and why. Um, all of the only thing I wanted to do since I was little was work with animals and I was doing that. I was a veterinary technician. I did zoo work. I did wildlife rehabilitation. But it's all really physical work. Mm -hmm. um, and when all this was happening, I couldn't even do a desk job because even just sitting was too much. But um, there was no way that I would be able, even with my pump and everything, to go back to animal work. I didn't think I would be able to do any type of work. And I'm still unsure if I How will. Be. Yeah. Um, but I'm taking through new treatments and new diagnoses and a lot of physical therapy. Um, I got to a point where I went, if I'm doing the right thing, maybe I can go back to work. Um, and I still wanted to do some sort of helping profession. And since I can't work with animals, well, how can I help people? And in a way that I can be, you know, sitting, 
but also move around some, not be totally sedentary. And I just thought, what if I did therapy with people? I could help so many people. One thing that I would love to do is help people who are newly disabled kind of go through that mourning process. Yeah. And look to life to, well, my life might not be the same, but it can be equally as good. It doesn't necessarily it didn't have, have to be bad. Yeah, it hasn't uh, ended. Yeah. And excuse me. Um also LGBTQ people and just helping people. So I decided to go to school. I figured school is first of all will get me sitting at a chair, will get my mind more active. Um and it will kind of build up to a job because I know I couldn't just go work my right. body at me. And I started out taking three classes and within the first two weeks I was in so much pain. So I dropped down to two. And um sometimes I have to use my accommodations, but that's what they're there for as you help me with you're using such... it for the first time. <laughs> well you're such a good you've become such a good advocate for yourself. I know that was really hard for you to say yes I need help or yes yeah. I can't do three classes. I have to drop down to two but that's taking care of myself so I can do this journey and like you're, you're yeah, killing you help, it you help me to do that and I start field placement on Monday and back in the spring semester when I was interviewing I made sure to sort of come out to them as disabled because if a place isn't going to accommodate me yeah. Isn't going to be understanding, then that's not the right place for me. Yes. And she was amazing. They're going to, normally they want people to do seven hour days. Uh-huh. The, the school. Does. Right. Um, but there's no way I could go from not working at all to seven hour days. That's even a lot. Two days a week. Right. Um, so I'm going to go more frequently for shorter periods of time. And I okayed it with the school and. Um, oh, that's so good that's wonderful I'm really what I'm so excited for you, thank you. <laughs> I know this is the big the big step yeah so. it is yeah and thank you you could do pain therapy too you could also do because I didn't know that was a whole field I've been trying to get like talk to therapists who specifically specialize in dealing with patients with chronic pain um and I was like, that's interesting. And, you know, like therapy animals. Um, you just got so much knowledge and ex life experience to help people. I think that's great. Do you have any questions, Dr. Strauss? Oh, me? Yeah. Well, I just, I liked what Diane said about using, because I, I can't prescribe drugs. So I like anything you can do for pain that has nothing to do with pharma. Not that you shouldn't do pharma, but things you can do before pharma or with pharma, I think are wonderful. Like so many, like for my pain, like I didn't, I don't have chronic pain, but I do get pain every now and again. What helps me the most are just simple things I can do before I have to take something for it. Like you can positive attitude, breath work, acupuncture, 
He does. He used to do like daily affirmations that you were doing like a. I still do them. You can yeah. find them with your meditation. You can think like what I'm doing now is I pick two things that I want to manifest, whatever that means, you know, just like two things that I think are attainable. They can't be. I personally, I don't think they can be, you know, big, huge things. You'll never like I can't say I want to run an Ironman like. I could say that to myself, but there's no way I can manifest that because it's too big. But just like things you can see yourself doing. I think if you just take 10 minutes out of your day to just think about those two things, maybe do some breath work while you do it, but just be quiet, think about those things, try to imagine them as real. Just for 10 minutes a day, I think it puts you in a positive place. And I think you're less in pain because you're feeling better. And you just, you just more, I just, I think that's beautiful that she did the sleep thing, the sleep escape. I think that's a, something that people need to learn that there are other things you can do for pain that aren't just taking drugs. It's like not it's drugs, but I'm just saying there's things people can do in addition to it. Yeah. It's they like, they, they go together, you know, like it's a, can, yeah. Synergistically, they can help. Yeah. Them. Like the boot, I think that's so amazing. They brought in like, um, the the Buddhist monk. Did you say it was a monk? Yeah. yeah. And I that wouldn't it be cool if like every hospital had a Buddhist monk or like some kind of energy worker or breath work? Like, yeah, they actually didn't. They have like a a past. They had a Christian um pastor or minister or something, and they had a rabbi. But okay. they, they actually brought him in from a local temple. Uh-huh. Um, it wasn't something that they had at the hospital, but they brought him in for me. My mother asked for it. That is so and cool. I, um, something else I wanted to, that when Nate was talking, I thought about is also think about if you can, heat or cold. Because mm-hmm. those things yes, can be yes, really yes, yes. therapeutic. Mm-hmm. And for my back cold is terrible but yeah. it is i mean it's like ha ah, yes amazing <laughs> can bring me so much relief but when my knee is hurting um because i've done physical therapy well then i need some ice and then the next day heat might help but um so those are things that can really sort of add on to um whether you're not taking meds or you are, they can sort of uh, boost whatever you're doing already to help relieve pain. Thank you, Diane. I'm so happy you came here with us today. And is there any last thing you wanted to say or or Nate, anything you wanted to say? I just advocate for cold showers. I, I personally hated cold, but then I started doing the cold showers and now I love it. It's weird. But it, I mean, if you can't handle it, then don't do it. But if you if you feel like there's any, because I think the cold and hot work so well together because cold cold shrivels your, like makes your all, all your blood vessels in your body contract, but then you add heat and heat lets you relax. And if you do them both, you're sort of pumping your blood. I think that's well, like in Scandinavia, they'll take um hot sauna and then mm. either 
roll in the snow or jump in yes uh, the hole in a frozen lake um wow i did not know that that's cool yeah. they just do that they don't even know that that's like a healing modality they just do that yeah they learn that right so something passed down from generations well and it's 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 kind of goes with what both of you have been saying in that way is listen to your body so mm. if you've discovered something that helps you you know that is healing and listen to your body and your body's needs and and advocate for your body and what you need to you know definitely yeah cool uh, now i want to move to scandinavia yeah <laughs> yeah well, up next on Speaking in Spoons for this episode, we have Crystal, and uh, she also has chronic pain, and uh, she has developed a blog where she teaches, um, talks about, teaches you how to do um, medical marijuana edibles. So um, we will talk to her next. And thank you, Diane, for being here. Hi, this is Christina Brookman, and I am your host with Speaking with Spoons. We are back on the pain episode uh, with co-host Dr. Strauss and Lexi. And with us today, uh, we have Crystal Forrest, who we brought on to talk about her journey with pain and where it has led her. So, Crystal, um, could you tell us a little bit about who you are and um, why you're here today? Yeah, my name is Crystal Forrest. Um, I'm a medical cannabis patient in the in Charleston, West Virginia. Um, I've had multiple surgeries on my knee. I injured myself originally when I was 18 and walked on a floating piece of cartilage in my knee for eight years. So when mm. they did my reconstructive surgery on my knee, it did not go so well. Um, I had a couple of additional surgeries after that and I'm about a year out of my last surgery and my knee is just kind of deteriorating away. And my doctors haven't really given me a whole lot of options for treatment for it. So um, that's why as soon as medical cannabis came lethal, I hopped right on board with it and decided to do that. You know, um, for most of my surgeries, I was only prescribed Lortab 5 uh, for procedures that normally they would prescribe something a little bit stronger. So. Uh, that's another reason that I turned to it. So, yeah. And again, what was the reason? I was having a little trouble hearing you. What was the reason that you couldn't take the um, the narcotic, like the heavier narcotics during your surgeries? Was it an allergy or? No, it's restrictions in West Virginia. My doctor's only allowed to prescribe at such a high dosage and for so long. He threatened to cut me off before I had my full range of motion because he was worried wow. about his his butt getting chewed out. And I told yeah. him, I do not take it away because I'm trying to get to 135 degrees and you're telling me if I don't, I'm going to be stuck at 90 degrees. Like, you can't yeah. take my tools before I have to do this. You literally yeah. gave me a torture device to take home. Like, I need this medication. So, which We were talking about that with our previous guest about 
because how restrictions have been changing, it's making it harder for the patients that are genuinely just trying to get better and stay better and stuff. And we need to figure out like a um, some kind of path to that. And tell us about uh, your, uh, well, before we get to this, because I know we're going to get into a huge, lively discussion, because both Lexi and Nate are so excited that you're here. Um, can you tell us about, I know you have a rare condition that you shared with us um, that our viewers would be really interested to hear about. I'm sorry, you cut out. I didn't hear any of that. That's okay. Um, second. <laughs> we're having some bandwidth issues uh, with weather and mountains, um, yeah. but that's okay. We'll get through this. Um, what I was saying is, could you, you had shared with us via email about your uh, rare uh, condition that's contributed to the degeneration in your knees. Um, and I think that would be interesting for our followers. Could you share that with us? Yeah, so um, part of the reason that when he went to do the reconstruction surgery that it didn't turn out so well, uh, I got a condition called arthrofibrosis, which is pretty much your immune system is attacking the joint because the joint has experienced too much trauma. Um, okay. So your body just starts attacking it essentially. So that's why I built up a lot more scar tissue and that's why the arthritis is so aggressive and stuff too. Partially that is from walking on a previous injury, but also, uh, also I believe I might be gen genetically dispositioned for it as well because it was okay. so severe. Like, they have seen cases of arthritis, but mine was really, really, really bad. Like it, they tell me it's a miracle I can move my knee past 90 degrees. Wow. So, <laughs> the fact that I yeah. can do that is amazing, but they believe that it's led back from a stressor gene that you, you develop as a child being through too much trauma, which I am diagnosed with PTSD and anxiety okay. and depression from long-term abuse as a child. Uh, the state didn't really take me away until I was about 15 years old. So I dealt with abuse for a long, long time. So I, I have some crazy stories, but I'm not going to share those today. That's okay. But, you don't need to. And um, and you said you've been listening. Were you able to see our trauma episode um, yes, with I Bill? Did. And yeah, uh, uh, she was, Beth was talking a lot about the connection, like what you were just talking about, um, the body mind connection and like how trauma and specifically childhood trauma can trigger uh, some of those conditions, that inflammation and, you know, with, which is arthritis, exactly what you're saying. So that's fascinating. Um, and so what's the name of, you started this off, I'm so excited about, it's, tell us the name of, is it a blog, it's a blog, right? Yeah, it's Crystal's Chronic Cake Pops. Uh, I started it up just to try to help patients that are just starting out and maybe looking for different options or just want to get educated on some things. So I plan yeah. on teaching people how to make butter and use edibles and show them the inside of dispensaries if I can. Some of them allow recordings, some of them don't. So of course, okay. I'll try to be comfortable. But yeah, just kind of show the experience of it for maybe somebody who just got a canvas card and they don't know anything about it, you know? Right. I think that's amazing. Like, I wish I had come across your site earlier because I got my cannabis card 
And I had no idea what to do. I, I knew I didn't want to smoke because uh, of my lungs. Um, but uh, they, uh, you know, there's just so few edible options in the, the, at least here. I don't know what it's like in West Virginia. I've heard if you go to California, it, like it's like a bakery, but here, um, so I was having fun looking at it. Um, so what is your goal or what is like, one of your favorite things to make with edibles that you think is really um, beneficial and just something people can enjoy? Um, I really like making the cake balls, honestly, or the cake pops. Um, yeah. It's just cake batter rolled up into a ball and you can do so many different things from it. You can make it from scratch and add in all natural ingredients. Like, you can do a box mix if you want to do that and just add little fun things in it. Like sometimes I'll add little crunch pieces or little uh, organic dehydrated strawberries and I'll inject them with Cool Whip and just do little fun things with them. So I that really enjoy doing awesome. Yeah. I bet your pictures look amazing. Um, and we're going to put a link on our website for people to be able to check it out so they can follow you because um, it's really cool. Um, uh, can I ask a quick question? Yeah, absolutely. When you decarb the weed, like what temperature do you decarb at and how long do you do it? Because I've been having trouble with that. <laughs> you want to do it at a low temperature, usually about 350, 325, something like that for about 20 minutes. Okay, I've been doing like 200 for like an hour. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely carb right now. <laughs> I didn't know you could make butter with it, and then that can go into yeah. Like I'm right. so ignorant in this area. <laughs> yeah, that's my next video. Actually, I want to do that and and make some butter. I'm actually going to use roaches and do it first, just to show people like a a cheap way of doing it, and st it still tastes good. You can still do oh, roaches, not like <laughs> roaches. This is how ignorant I am. Are you just using it in the butter, or is you're making a butter out of like macerated marijuana? It's, yeah. You take the ashes off of it and stuff and clean it up, take the tips out of them. You, we usually smoke it with the filter, so usually the filter catches a lot of the resin and stuff that comes off of it. And then, yeah, you just grind it up and you decarb it in the oven at a low temperature for about 20 minutes and then. You slow cook it in a crock pot for uh, on low for like uh, I want to say like eight to sixteen hours. It just depends on how much you're doing stuff like that. So it's kind of a slow cooking process, but it infuses it into the coconut oil that you add with it. Oh, you add you yeah, you add an oil. Yeah, that's an herbal. That's like an herb. We do, do that. We do that with like any herb you can put in the fat and it'll emulsify. Yeah. yeah, that's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. And there, Nate's background is nutrition. Yeah. Also herbal medicine. So I've and done, herbal, yeah. I've made tinctures. I've made oil emulsification or infusions and water infusions and yeah. Any menstruum, any any medium you can you can you can infuse herbs into because it'll pull like the active ingredients out of those herbs. Yeah. So There's other oils you use too. You don't have to use coconut. No, you don't. You can use any oil. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Crystal, how would you say the um, 
that medical marijuana has uh, benefited you uh, in relationship to pain? Like how does, um, what is life with, like without it? And then what is like when you use it? Yeah, well, um, if you deal with chronic pain, then you know that dealing with chronic pain is not just the pain, it's dealing with the mental aspect of it too. Sometimes it could be just the wear and tear on your brain having the same pain in the same area for so long. Like there's been times that I've actually like hit myself in the head just to try to distract myself from the pain and feel something different. So it's mm -hmm. pretty serious, you know. So I would say the marijuana has definitely helped me with that. It keeps my mood positive and helps me just push through, man, because, you know, it's rough. It's not easy, you know. A lot of people, when they're stressed out, they go home and drink a beer. Well, I can't do that. I go home and smoke a joint. <laughs> yeah. So. And I love what, before we started recording, you said something that I wanted to bring up because I think it's so... It was such a wonderful thing you said, and and I think such a mission of your blog is that you really want people to start seeing marijuana as medicine. Right, right. I um, want people to see it as medication and not as just somebody's just trying to get high because it's not it's not just to get high, you know. And most honestly, you can get really high off of it. You really can. But if you're being responsible about it and you're doing it right, then it can be used in a proper way. But it's the same thing with narcotics or any other yeah. prescription that's prescribed, you know, as long as you're taking it right, it'll work for you. So that you just hit the nail. It's all about following her instructions, everything in moder moderation, you know? Um, so I think that's a beautiful way of looking at it. Um, right. I'm going to open the floor Uh and you guys have already kind of done this, but Nate and Lexi, did you have any questions for Crystal? I did have a question, but pro tip for this, for the emulsification in oil, you can do it in the sun if you don't want to cook it. On a really hot day, the sun, you do that for, I think, for a certain number of hours. I forget the number of hours, but you leave it in the sun, it'll do the same thing as a crock pot. Yeah. 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 Oh, but I did want to ask a question about, have you ever made a juice out of the fresh uh, marijuana leaf, like put it in a juicer and drink it? I haven't personally, but I have friends who have done it like next to me. So I've kind of seen what the is, process. What do they but... think about, what do they think about it? Do they think it's, it's good or do, does it still, I mean, look at, yeah. okay. I usually make with tea so yeah they, they usually enjoy or tea it. okay yeah because tea is kind of strong you know so it'll help mask any kind of leafy or taste that it might have you know okay or you can mix it with other teas i guess yeah yeah i think that's what you're saying to mask like the flavor of the marijuana itself that's right. interesting does it have yeah. a bad taste i've never eaten like i've only like I don't know what it tastes like yeah I'm, I'm glad you asked that because when I make edibles you can't really taste it in it and people ask me like is there actually anything in here <laughs> I'm like yeah there's stuff in there it's like it's just it gets cooked off and infused into the batter so it's infused into all those flavors and you don't necessarily taste it as much so same thing if you were to make a juice you wouldn't really taste it inside of there if you had to get 
good strong, it's not a strong flavor. Chocolate covers it really well. Chocolate. <laughs> Can't juice chocolate, but butter fudge. Peanut butter. Not even fudge. dark, like you know, no sugar, but like you know, cacao. Yeah, yeah. Put some cacao. You can make like a smoothie, like a cacao smoothie. You can. Oh, that would be cool. You can cook with butter too. A lot of people don't realize that. Like you can take a little bit of butter and saute your veggies or. You know, oh, like a bit. stir fry, like a little stir fry or something yeah. like that. Yeah, that would be yeah. pretty good. And you wouldn't even taste it, but it would give you a little bit of a dose of, of cannabis or THC, whatever you're trying to get. You know, so there's mm -hmm. multiple options too. That's what. And I in the butter, you wouldn't taste it either, just like the baked goods. If you ate the butter by itself, you would taste it. <laughs> but if you mix, but if you cooked, cooked with butter, it, you wouldn't taste it as much. You might yeah. get a little light taste of it but it wouldn't be overpowering okay um and uh so i've so smoking like you know they were telling me you can control the dose that you get a little easier um than with um edibles but edibles uh it can You share with us what you think, like the, the differences you've experienced in like in edible goods, in like uh, the the teas, the tinctures, like the smoking, all of that. Yeah. Yeah. First off, I want to say that vaping is technically better for your lungs than smoking is because you're actually vaporizing the plant matter. So you're not inhaling as much of it. So vaping okay. is actually better, better for your lungs. Uh, it's just water right with the but wasn't there yeah. like companies no. making it with like vitamin e and that was causing like popcorn lung or something for a while there yeah and i think california water. banned like a lot of the like california banned um like vapes being used that way which is kind of like set a precedence for all the other states is that a difference though in like vaping tobacco and vaping uh, well, tobacco, I think, is like glucose or glycogen or something like okay. that. Um, and um, and I think they were using vitamin E oil whenever they were doing um, when they were first making the vape. So I don't know if that's changed or not. So I mean, just I'm to not, throw out that I'm one not, little bit. I'm not. I'm not talking about doing the. Those are different. That's oh, okay. Isolate. You mean like actually vaping, vaping it? I'm sorry. Yeah, no. I'm sorry. Um, it's okay. I want to clarify this because a lot of people don't understand the difference. The ones that they put inside those cartridges and the ones that you twist onto the battery and stuff, the disposable ones, they mix stuff into that to make it soluble to burn on those wicks because they use wicks inside the pens. Um, I get something different. I get concentrates and then I get a, uh, it's called a dabber. You ever heard yeah. that of a dab? Or okay, a dabber? dabber, yeah, okay. Yes. yes, that's how you smoke concentrates, which is a okay. lot different than smoking those because there's nothing mixed with it. It's just concentrated weed and you literally, you have to press weed to get the concentrate. Like that's literally how they do it. They just compress a bunch of weed. I have some right dabs. here. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> a friend yeah. gave me some and I was like oh my god I've never done it yeah. but I just did one right before this so <laughs> <laughs>
So how would that be different? So you're saying it's better for the lungs. Is it better in the consistency and potency? How, like, what do you think, how, what have you noticed to be the best in, in all of that? So for concentrates, they have to take a bunch of flour and compress it, and they only get a small amount of, of it's shatter or dab is what they call it. So it's very okay. concentrated. Um, I would say like one or two hits of a concentrated dab is probably as much as smoking a full joint. Okay. Yeah. So you're yeah. not having to inhale as much, but you're as still much. getting as much. Exactly. Yeah. And then what would you say the differences between that and edibles like that you that you're making? Uh, the edibles is a little bit more of a slow release and it's more of a okay. body. So when you eat it, your stomach is digesting it. So it's more like it slowly gets released into your body. It lasts a little bit longer. Um, okay. Sometimes they can be a little bit stronger, too, if you want them to be strong enough to help you sleep throughout the night. Um, oh, okay. Some of mine are so strong that you can sleep through the night and you'll feel hungover the next morning. <laughs> so this <laughs> so really this helps sleep. you a lot with chronic, like the chronic pain. This just yeah. makes it kind of just quiet. So, yeah. so weed was like, they did a study and there was a, it said that it was really great. They saw lots of improvement if you had any kind of neurological pain or if it was like cancer related. So like it really supposedly helps the most in some of the studies I read about it helping neurological and which is why it's so great for migraines. Did it say why or just said that it? Um, I, I don't, rem right now I'm my brain, no, I don't remember. The problem is they really haven't done as many because of the, the, the battle with legality and stuff, they haven't really done as many studies like in the scientific mm -hmm. community. I think most as, of them have to be yeah. done in Europe. Yeah. yeah. Well, my, the college I worked for is actually trying to do a cannabis like program. Yeah. Like they so, exist. It's just they're not going back like decades and decades, which is right. how you get it's the not of outlawed for a long Yeah. Um, but, uh, and uh, like I'm one of the, like I tried, um, I think I'm the only person I know that has tried cannabis and it didn't help their pain. Um, and I, I don't know why. I don't know what's going on there. Um, Did you use a cream? Did you use uh, a cream or a topical? I used gummies and then I used tincture. So help, help me understand that. Yeah, she's like, don't do that. No, because there's so many different strains and there's sativas and indicas and everybody's different to how they react to stuff. So I really don't recommend starting with that until you get to try different things and see what works the best for you. If you're yeah. more of a sativa person, if you're more of an indica person or more of a hybrid person, because there's there's quite a few different options. So. Okay. Yeah. And so this is, I would love, can you talent. educate our followers since we are talking about this is medicine? Um, and uh, what are the difference between, what are the different strains and like, what are they better for? Like that kind of thing. Like I know with one of my conditions and Lexi's conditions is Ehlers-Danlos and we also have fibromyalgia, but I know with Ehlers-Danlos, we usually, at least with pain medication, 
um, that is uh, like pill form and things like that, we we usually we have a higher pain threshold, and that and the our absorption rate is different. So right. we'll need higher levels. Um, right. So I think that could have been some of my problem too. So, but I know a lot of the people, there are a lot of people listening that are going to know what you were talking about, but there's a lot of people that are adult or like me, like I am a novice and I'd love to know more. So educate us. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'll make it real easy for you. Indica is in the couch. That means it's going to make you sleepy. <laughs> Sativas are a little bit more uppity. They're not going to make you sleepy. And hybrids is kind of everything in between. Some of them can be okay. sativa dominant and some of them can be indica dominant. And okay. indicas normally are the ones that help the most with pain, right? Because they're higher in THC. Well, there's actually a website called Leafly. I love Leafly. Yes, it'll tell you the strain, it'll tell you all the components and benefits of it, what it'll help with, what it won't help with. Um, one of the ones that I know for sure, White Widow is great for pain, but that's one of the hardest strains to find because they've come out with so many new ones. So, but, okay. yeah, Leafly is a great resource for getting on there and just doing some research on some different ones and seeing which ones you think would, did it not help your pain? Is that what it was? Or did you feel it didn't, weird? Um, my pain, I have, I have muscle pain. I have joint pain and I also have really severe nerve pain yeah. and they're all fighting each other. Um, yeah, you, you need a topical so that you can get a real concentrated dose on that area without having to eat or smoke a bunch of stuff to get that benefit. So they make okay. up to like 3000 milligrams creams that you can rub on you so like and the problem is there's a lot of like pharmacies that sell like oh this is a cream that has cbd oil in it but the c that's never it's not it's, it's do you not still not need the thc strong. yeah it's not usually strong enough normally it's like hemp pretty much it's just like low okay. grade cbd and they just make a crap ton of it to produce a crap ton of creams you know what i mean so it's not yeah really not really quality controlled or anything like that. It's a, it's a little bit different when you go into a dispensary. Um, I recently got to go into one in Mich Michigan and I was blown away at how many products they had up there compared to down here because we really don't have a lot of options because we just- Yeah, we don't people. either, yeah. Yeah, so, but That's... Michigan, they are blowing it out of the water, man. They had so many options. They had three different paint greens. One was like a 500 milligram, they had a thousand milligram and then they had a 3,500 milligram. And I was like, that's awesome. Cause we have none here. Yeah. And I'm like, I asked them, I was like, most of the patients coming in here have disabilities or walking devices like me. Like, why do you all not have pain creams? Like, that's crazy. They didn't have yeah. concentrate starting out. What kills me too is like, and I guess this comes with the problem of it, the, the legalization. Um, it, it, for looking at it like medicine, which we are, it really needs to be covered by insurance. Because a lot of these people too that are coming in with chronic pain, um, you know, or at least like covered by insurance and definitely by Medicare and Medicaid. Because right. like when you're on disability and things like that, or you're on um, state aid or government aid because of your pain condition, you should be allowed to 
to right. get these medicines like you would any other medicine right. um, because it's cost prohibitive because that was the other thing. I went to the dispensary and it was just so expensive to keep going. Right. Um, and I broke out in a rash, but uh, I've been told, so like I'm allergic to marijuana and my doctors were like, that's weird, but we'll put it in your thing. And then later people were like, it's probably the fillers or something that was in it. Um, uh, yeah. Do you have any, uh, thoughts, like things you wanted to talk about? Yeah. Sorry. I want to say there are people that do have, uh, allergic reactions to wheat. So I do know people that like, they can only smoke concentrates because the flower makes them sneeze. Oh, okay. so, isn't it isn't it hard on your kidneys also it is possible uh what isn't marijuana doesn't isn't it filtered out through the kidneys and so it can be hard on the kidneys everything's filtered out through the kidneys well that or the no it's filtered out by like either the liver like drugs are either done by the liver or the kidneys you know liver detoxes it doesn't filter kidneys filter if it's fat soluble, it comes out through the through the through the liver. I thought it'll go through the liver, but the liver doesn't filter things out. It puts things back in to be filtered out. Okay. Our body, it makes our it, it non toxic. It, okay. Our body, our body has natural receptors for CBD and THC, so it That's naturally it binds to yeah. anyway. Exactly. You make me want to read go to and stuff and your site more and just like look at maybe there could be things that could help me with my um actually pain. I was gonna tell you um, if you ever decide to make butter or you can get a hold of butter, um, if you rub that directly on your skin, you're probably less likely to have a reaction because it's just coconut oil and marijuana. You know what I mean? There's no extra Oh, that's scent. great. Yeah. And you can make so a cream too. You can make a cream at home. And you're doing an episode on, you should also post something about making a cream. Yes, you I want to do that as well. Yeah. 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 Yes. Definitely. Crystal, you're changing the world. <laughs> um, <laughs> I always wanted to help people and I didn't really know how that was going to work out in my life because I always just work, 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 you know pay yeah. bills and work work I'm like how am I ever going to be in a position to help anybody out you know <laughs> it's just odd because it's like I'm finally in a position where maybe I can help somebody out it's awesome mm -hmm. it's amazing so yeah you are I think you are so that's great um any questions or comments anybody has before we wrap up um I kind of wanted to talk a little bit more about like the medical trauma thing, actually. Yeah, talk absolutely. Oh, yeah, yeah, throw your hat in on yeah. <laughs> The gaslighting and stuff like that, too. Go for um, it. Uh, my doctor, honestly, he's he's one of the best in the area. He's one of the best doctors in the area. Um, but when I went in for my last visit, he's kind of like, well, I can't do another surgery on you, so I don't know what to do for you. And I'm like, well, there's got to be some kind of option for me, you know? So I started yeah. doing my, my own research and I was like, oh, well, there's aquatic physical therapy. There's, you know, using more of CBD creams. There's emu oil. Have y'all ever heard of emu oil? No, yeah. what is that? Uh, it's another natural substance that you can rub on yourself for pain relief. Um, 
it, it helps a lot too, almost as much as the, the CBD or THC, THC creams do, so. Wow. Yeah, yeah it's another so if you If you, how has pain changed your life? Like, I'm remembering some questions that we asked earlier with Diane, and I'd love to hear how it's different with you, but how has pain changed your life? Yeah, so I went from working three jobs to hiking and biking and being very active to I'm on a crutch now and it's hard to do even day-to-day -day tasks or it's hard every day. I'm in pain all the time. Uh, I wake up throughout the night and I have to put a pillow between my leg to sleep on my left side and I can't really sleep on my right side like too much at all because it's uncomfortable. So yeah. It's, it can be hard for me to sleep sometimes. So that's why I like having the edibles because that helps me sleep through some of that. You know, I still, I'll wake up and have to put the pillow in there because I can't sleep on that side without doing that, but I go right back to sleep. So I like That's that. the worst too, when you can't sleep. Yeah. You know, sleep yeah. is so necessary to it get refreshed. It messes with your mind even more because you're already upset that you're so young and you can't do anything. And the doctors are like, we can't do anything for you. You're stuck like this. And everybody's like, well, why can't they just do a full knee replacement? <laughs> Won't you go sign up for a full knee replacement, bro? You don't understand. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, that's why you're not a doctor. <laughs> if you could give advice to anybody out there uh, that is like a loved one, a friend, if someone with chronic pain, what would you give them or tell them anything? Yeah. Hold on, you froze them. Mm -hmm. We are having technical difficulties. Please hold on for one moment. This is really good advice too. That I do. Okay, we can hear you now. Will you pause? So can you go back and oh, say? Oh, okay. <laughs> from the top <laughs> I forgot I don't know what part what part did it cut out at all no of all of it yeah oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> you started talking and you were so into it but it was like frozen and we're like <laughs> oh no <laughs> I don't even remember what I just said Crap. it's okay you'll come up with another brilliant one if you Here. could give advice to a loved one or friends, family out there, um, or just someone who, like, is the layman and sees people, work, you know, colleagues. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I'd say definitely listen to the spoons theory that you shared a couple weeks ago, because that's really a great way to explain to somebody what you're going through, especially because I'm young and I have a lot of young friends who don't really understand why I can't keep up or do the same things. A lot of them think I can sit for five minutes and I'll be okay. And they don't really understand that it's not like that, you know? So I definitely think the spoon theory definitely helps explain that to people that I can't do, I can't keep up with my house the way I used to. I can't keep clean clothes the way I used to. You know, Walmart is a chore. It's a chore. I hate Walmart anymore. And I used to love Walmart. <laughs> I just pick up. And I just pay for pick up. Whole life and... Did it cut out again? No. no. Okay. You're good. Okay. Lexi was agreeing with you. Yeah, you got to oh. just pay for pick up, man. It's so much yeah. easier. Or it's EI yeah. delivery. I do everything delivered. 
Uh, I'm waiting on disability. I've, I'm working actually. I've been doing estate sales and I resell stuff online. But yeah. That's getting really challenging to do too. I've been picking smaller and smaller things, which means less and less profit, which means harder and harder to pay my bills. So, yeah. yeah I've had a coordinate that. And hopefully the judge will get the results soon for my last doctor's appointment. And it's a whole process. Yeah, yeah, they always reject the first time. But yeah. do not be embarrassed to use assistance in the meantime. You know, food stamps, whatever you need. And even when you're on it, you'll probably, like, I, I use food stamps. qualify for is rather yeah. what Actually, I wanted to talk about that, too, because West Virginia is running out of funding. And a lot, I see people donating to all these bigger, bigger places. And I'm like, West Virginia people, wake up. Like, you all need to donate locally because our charities are out of funding. Wow. They're out. Yeah. And most of them will only help you with one bill a year, too. Yeah. And we only That's the way it is. Yeah. Yeah. With utilities, you can only get it. Like, but um, you can, there is there is food stamps with food stamps you can get amazon for six dollars a month and that's the whole united states and with that you can get food delivered it's up to nate's house because amazon can't find nate's house or can they yeah they won't they won't, they won't <laughs> deliver it to me so yeah. nate's the only they'll one they can get no, they'll deliver packages to me for sure but they will not deliver food food is like what they will they draw the line there basic substance yeah, yeah so that weird. that is helpful i found and then also with utilities um getting it budgeted throughout the year so you're not like surprised with the bills and then also um for like internet which we rely on so much now even to like have medical appointments like televisits um you can apply like if you're on anything like food stamps or anything like that you can get um internet for cheaper for like 35 dollars a month and that is really helpful um it started during covid yeah it started during covid um and I forget what it is now, but if I find it, I'll post it and I'll definitely send it to you, Crystal. But um, it's very helpful um, because I mean, Wi-Fi needs to be thought of as a utility and a necessity these days in this um, age, this modern age. Um, work from home. Yeah, exactly. Um, so if you could give any doctors advice when dealing with chronic patients, what would you say? Or um, chronic pain patients that <laughs> came out wrong. It's good to listen to your patient, but it's also good to be informed about what your patient is going through. Um, I yeah. kind of feel like at times that I know more about my condition than my doctor does. Um, he tries yes. to tell me that the arthrofibrosis will not come back with a full knee replacement, but I know because I've read a bunch of studies on it that it's a very good possibility that it will come back. Yeah. So I'm looking into some therapeutic outlooks for that, which is still being tested on mice <laughs> to deal with that stressor gene that I guess I developed as a child yeah. going through um, all that trauma. So 
I definitely worry about the trauma that I'm going through now because, well, I went and got my birth control last week and I've been getting it for a long time. And this time I got tendonitis in my shoulder from it. And I think I might have some inflammation up in my shoulder and maybe all of my joints because of my knee. Yeah. I don't know if it's possible. I've never heard of that before, but... I'm hoping I can get into a doctor soon. It's so hard to get into doctors around here because yeah, we're low on specialists. Be a specialist for every body, you know. <laughs> so my orthopedic doesn't do anything with arthritis. He sends you to a rheumatologist who specializes in arthritis. Yeah. We are having technical difficulties once again. Beep. 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 Make a, I'll make a table for this. Yeah. Well, we need some kind of like, hey, you guys, do your 70s theme song right now. That was fun. I don't think she knows. Crystal, we can't. Okay, you're back. We just did a theme song. You froze. So we didn't catch any of that. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, what I would like to say is you have, have continually <clears throat> been bringing up this point of the research that you do as a patient. Um, yeah. And I think that's something like the three of us have found, other people I talked to have found. And this, I did not do that in my 20s um, as much as I should have. Like I did, but I, you know, I went and I trusted the experts. And that's important but it's important um, to get multiple opinions. It's important to research your own condition because they have med school, they have training, all this stuff. They may have half an hour or even 15 minutes on your specific condition. You have a lifetime with it. So nice. yeah, do the research. Um, nice. Like I'm, I'm having surgery on Monday. Um, and the, the guy that did it, he was recommended to me through some credible people. So I trusted that, but I should have gotten multiple opinions before I did that surgery, I think. Um, and now he's wanted by the FBI for medical fraud and malpractice. He lied to me about us. But I mean, stuff. how, how, how you, it's not on you because no, but even I mean, Cincinnati hospital was helping him. Like, yeah, no, but it's good to be so, proactive. But it's good to protect yourself, you know? Yeah. And like, I learned, that's what I'm saying. If I could help other people from what I learned from this situation, is right. that just because it's this reputable hospital who's recommending somebody, yep. it's always good to get three or four opinions and do your own research as well, you know? Um, and even then it still could have happened, but, uh, you know, you never know, but, um, I think what you have done, Crystal, is a perfect example of taking this situation and really going, this is what I want my outcome to be. How can I find answers and research? And it doesn't make you a hypochondriac. It doesn't I'm make not, you. I'm not taking my I wasn't going to take 90 degrees as an answer for my doctor. When he told me I was not, he said, you're not going to move past 90 degrees. He said, yeah. you're not going to make it past 90 degrees on the bed. And yeah. I said, yeah, I am. <laughs> <laughs> and I will say that to a disclaimer to people out there, you know, we are not medical people and 
sometimes there are cases where well dr strauss is but um not that kind of (laughs) but you know there are cases where there are conditions where people are not going to go past 90 and there's that grieving and acceptance you have to go through but there is nothing wrong with saying this is what i want and i want to to try everything to achieve that and i'm not going to just take this no, you can't do it. I mean, if it gets to the point where, yes, you can't do it, then I have a different thing I have to do. Yeah. It's better to try and give up than to never have tried it all. Just like it's better yeah. to love and loss and never love it all. It's better to try. It's always exactly. better to try. Always try. You'll regret, it. you'll regret it if you don't. Later on, you'll yeah. be like, man, I wish I would have tried harder because now my knee's stuck at 90 degrees. I'm in miserable pain, like yeah. in a wheelchair, like, you know. So <laughs> I just want to get a big life. house from Habitat for Humanity and invite like all you guys. We all live there yeah. and make a commune for people with chronic illnesses and disabilities and just I don't know, do yoga and Nate can do like spiritual stuff and you and Lexi can do Lexi will do the, the pain workshops and Crystal will bake <laughs> us stuff and yeah, we could do Crystal a festival. Will teach me how to make stuff too. Yeah, and Diane, who we had earlier, she's gonna tend to all the animals and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and Valerie, yeah, Beth will play the music. Um, it's I great. would like to say something just to reinforce, like yeah. how much marijuana helps with pain. I've actually only ever used it whenever I have had chronic pain issues and my chronic pain, like when I was 19, I started and then I stopped. And then, you know, I, I did that because I had a leaky appendix. You know, when I cracked a rib, I picked up smoking again and then I stopped and now I'm doing it because of my migraines have gotten out of control. Like that's how much it helps with pain. Like one time I wasn't, I was trying to cut carrots and just cbd alone like because there's so many other cannabinoids other than thc it doesn't have to be like it doesn't have to be thc to make you feel better like i was having a migraine so bad and paresthesia that i couldn't cut carrots and i was on the floor crying and Mm. my ex like you know came and brought me cbd and within like 30 minutes like i had tried every trick i like every abortive every medicine and that was the only thing that got it going so i just wanted to like say that because even CBD can help you. I don't know. I, I know I just ADHD bombed this shit, so I'm sorry. Oh, that's no, good. I, I, agree. I agree. And actually, that reminds me there's also Delta 8, Delta 9, Delta 10, and they're all just different ways that it's extracted from the plant. And like the Delta 8, 9, and 10 are legal. So anybody looking for pain relief, you can go get it. You don't have to have a card. Oh, wow. Crystal, we should just have you on like every month and then we'll learn more things. <laughs> I feel like Crystal's I have even- corner. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for joining us today. Um, and we look forward to talking to you more in the future. And um, thank you. I'm going to sign off. Uh, we'll edit the rest. Okay, I'm, I'm going to hit the end of record. That's getting edited. <laughs> Yeah. Bye. 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 Hi, this is Speaking in Spoons, uh, and we're just doing a little after party, as Dr. Strauss said it, on our episode with pain. 
Um, so do you guys have any following up uh, thoughts or reflections on um, our episode today? I want Crystal to teach me how to properly make edibles because I suck at it. There you go. Well, you and everybody else can go to Crystal's website. We're going to post it. Um, thank you. On speakingwithspoons.com. Uh, it's, uh, yeah. And um, she's uh, going to teach us a lot of things. I'm really excited about this butter episode. I think that's going to be great. And because. Nate and I had a wonderful conversation with my friend Diane, who's been through uh, horrible surgeries and is now like on a pain pump and stuff. Um, oh, yeah. And that's true. Yeah. Um, so I, uh, she had some great things to say about um, finding your breath and like centering yourself and listening to yourself. So um, I, uh, I talked about this a little bit earlier with the group, but my surgery is Monday. I'm getting all of the hardware. I had a bad fusion. So I'm getting all of the hardware in my neck removed. Um, turns out I never needed it. He was telling people that, you know, we were so hypermobile and I do have Ehlers-Danlos, but that we were so hypermobile that like if we got in a car accident or something, we'd have internal decapitation. It was not going to happen. Um, but also I found out I have a congenital defect where the base of my skull is fused to my first vertebrae. So my head's not going anywhere. Um, and my pain could have been handled in a different, more appropriate way. Like the pain was there. It was legitimate. It just wasn't because my head was going to fall off. It was um, an unnecessary surgery that he made you believe was absolutely necessary. Yes. And he was doing that to lots of people. That's why he, uh, the FBI raided, he, he fled the country to Pakistan uh, there's a book being made and a movie, The Butcher of Pakistan. Um, and this was up in Ohio in Cincinnati and uh, a little in Kentucky because he was like right on the edge. So um, it affected a lot of people. And um, I have had conditions before. Um, I don't know. There's mixed feelings on if this surgery has caused some of my conditions that have come after. Um, so we'll see after the surgery. Um, but, uh, and I'm gonna do some videos to kind of update you guys and go through the crazy process because I don't think everybody really knows what some of us go through out there going through like a major surgery um how it affects us as the patient and the people around us that are having to advocate for us and are scared you know we really and need a caretaker episode we are we're having a caretaker can we episode. have a kid we are can do one yeah yeah, yeah we're gonna interview we're... caretakers and loved ones um and our next episode is actually going to be about relationships oh, um, oh yeah yeah uh, <laughs> so okay. we're gonna have lots to talk about um maybe uh so um <laughs> yeah <laughs> let me think about everything i want to censor in my life <laughs> uh, this actually podcast kind of got started because 
when Nate and I started doing like choosing to go back into the dating world um, and we were doing online dating and we were like we should do a podcast called dating disabled or something and then like we've been talking about that for years and then yeah and then speaking with spoons happened so well yeah but not focused on just the dating well exactly because there's so much to talk about um but uh thank you for listening to us and uh we look forward i'll be in touch about the surgery and uh we look forward to uh following us on our next upcoming episode about relationships If you want to contact us, please send a DM or an email to speakingatspoons at gmail.com with any stories you have or if you'd like to interview with us on any of our upcoming topics. Thank you for listening to Speaking in Spoons and have a great day.